Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. We are here today to talk about the markets. I'm here with Josh Olswich. Hey, Josh. So, Brian, how's it going? Um, it's, a, it's, it's an historic day. An historic day, yes. Doge, the standard, <laughs> is here. Don't sound so excited about it. Uh, when you see my cells for Doge, it's impossible to be happy. Mm. Uh, but that's okay. Before we get to our Doge regrets, let's talk about Matcha, because they're our partner. Go to ledgersass.com slash Matcha. You can trade on a decentralized exchange aggregator. It doesn't matter where the liquidity exists. You only care that it's on Matcha. They find all of the best places to buy assets using smart order routing. Go any asset to any asset in a completely non-custodial manner. It's so slick. When Uniswap V3 and all that starts working and doing its thing, you won't have to change anything about the way you do it because you'll just continue trading through Matcha at ledgerstatus.com slash matcha thanks so much to the team at matcha for being our long-term partners joshua you have ethereum up it hit 2500 yeah i don't even know i don't even know where to start talking about any of this stuff what do you want to start with alts i'm going to start with the fact news do you want to talk about coin like what do you I want lost, to talk about i lost the 2500 by the end of march bet and then it did it two weeks later did um, it even hit 20 oh, i guess it did hit it did hit 2500 Hey, look, it you know, hit the target. I was two weeks early. That's okay. It'll be an expensive stake. Uh, I can't wait. Um, but it did. Yeah. It did. It did hit that mid midterm target. Um, I actually don't really think twenty five hundred is that important of a target. Uh, you got that R three there at twenty seven hundred. I think uh, Ethereum has a ways to go, um, but we. We saw activity go straight into Doge more than anything else. Um, I don't really know what was the impetus of it, but the flows just started going nuts on Doge. And honestly, everything else went down basically in response. Uh, so it was a Doge-only pump the past 24 hours, really. Um, does that worry you? How are you feeling? I mean... <sighs> I've, I've mixed emotions. The biggest thing I feel right now is looking at BTC and how it's behaving. It's like I, it's like there's a key piece of information that I don't have. And like, I don't understand what's going on here. Not, not because it's not going up, but um, like even before Doge, slightly before Doge, like a couple of days ago, DeFi stuff mooned hard. Um, yeah. And like the fundamentals here don't make sense versus like what's moving. I think that's like a weird part too. Um, I don't know. You know, it's not like I'm not holding any of this other stuff and not making money here. I am, but just the way the whole market's moving is super weird. And yeah, Doge, I think crypto monk, some guy on Twitter said it best. Like Doge is sucking everything out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saw somebody, uh, I think it was crushes talk about the essentially there's at least a risk. It wasn't a guarantee or anything, but like there's at least a risk of a GME situation where that GME short squeeze caused pressure in the rest of the market because weird stuff was occurring. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, is this people covering their their Doge shorts by like having to sell their BTC positions? Um, I doubt there's like a ton of that, like enough no. to really dump things. But it just you know it might raise people's uh, alarm bells for thinking like this is late cycle stuff uh, for Doge to go. F- 6x or whatever it did in four days um and also just like retail euphoria and 
a sign of a local top, people risking off because of that. Um, there's a lot that you can determine from it, even if it's not technically a short squeeze that's going to like force people to you know, sell Bitcoin in order to cover it or that kind of thing. Um, it doesn't have to be that for it to put pressure on the rest of the market. Uh, and yeah, some of it could just be people abandoning other altcoins to chase the Doge pump. They were, I think FTX had $22 billion in volume on Doge. <laughs> Something crazy. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's. I agree, it's probably more of an indirect effect than a direct effect with people like covering their shorts or whatever, in other, or covering their Doge shorts. But the funding on Doge on FTX was negative on the way up, wasn't it? It might still be negative, which means there's more... People are constantly shorting it and just getting bulldozed, which is pretty clear. It's just a continuous short squeeze, right? Yeah. Because everybody on the way up is like, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to short this sucker. I'm going to make all the money back that I missed on the way up. <laughs> and, okay, it's still negative on Binance. Yeah. Um, I get I get the, the feeling of wanting to short something that's up 200% in a day, right? But just... Uh, you, you, know. just you just want that feeling of being the person that like called the wick on that you know it's like these um, legacy people um sven i don't know if you know who this is uh, on, oh, on I know, twitter i know sven not to like cast shade upon him but it's a classic bear mentality where it's like you know the sky is falling sky is falling sky is falling we get one week of red it's like yes i called it right <laughs> yeah it's like through this forever wedge that just kept getting longer as the market kept going up and it just went further into his wedge and then it breaks that down for one week and he was like i tried to tell you <laughs> so yeah if you're shorting this you know not investment advice but be careful because nobody predicted this again zero people you know we can talk about like bitlord maybe but <laughs> yeah but nobody saw this coming you know when i'm not, I, this, I talked, not this level no 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 when, like when i talked about um doge btc um yeah, you know, I have I have like a weekly chart on TradingView. I talked about it at like 20 sats, right? Like who cares at this point? But um, this is part of why you just trade this range and you just you just buy the lows and forget about it, right? My bet my bet at the beginning of the year was it wouldn't get beyond 100 sats. So I was off by many multiples because um, it went to 600. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this chart is, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a cartoon. I wasn't patient enough for this in the chat. Uh, Crypto Jackson there, he was talking about Doge being like the bat signal um, either before me or we were, t- you know, we both were kind of aligned on that. But what we got in January, I would have thought was basically it, you know, and then for it to have sustained for weeks and then repeat it and do it again, but harder, that's mind blowing to me. And now what's going to be interesting is it's so high, people will want to like tack on for that short. So it could sustain it further as funding probably is a constant fight for it. Like people aren't going to like rush to long this, but people will keep trying to short it for a while. So now the funding could keep it elevated for even longer. And what if there's one more push? Like what if Doge does go to a dollar? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just going to end in total devastation and pain once you eventually have contraction in the market. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All I see, maybe it's like, the soy boy in me, but all I see in this chart is the hundreds of thousands of people who are buying the top on this and just getting, they're losing all their money. You know, that's, yeah. I had a friend last night that, you know, he's a nerd, but he's not a trader. And he was like, uh, heard about Doe stuff, but he's probably never looked at a chart in his life and was like, 
man, I feel like I need to get on this dose stuff before it goes crazy. And I'm like, dude, it went crazy. It went so crazy. Please do not buy dose. <laughs> uh, but like the hordes of normies that don't look at charts, don't they, the news flow and Elon's tweets are all they have for it. They're just going to find out how can they go buy Doge and they're going to buy it and then they're going to bag hold it forever and think crypto is a scam because their thousand dollars turned into like $50. <laughs> yeah. Over the course think, of the next three years. Yeah, it's definitely, it's fun. It's, it's entertaining, but I don't think it's like a good force on the industry as a whole, you know, like yeah. I, I know people who made a ton of money on this, but that's not most people. You know? Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, I'll sit here with my regrets of like, many seven figures that I should be holding if I just was like, all right, well, BitLord's got it right here. I'm just going to hold Doge and um, off we go. <laughs> the the Doge that I bought at like four-tenths of a cent and is up 75x today uh, is many millions of dollars and oops, didn't hold any of it. So sucks to be me. Even- yeah, I mean, this, this goes back to my own personal struggles with with trading, which is once I write off a coin or a, a trade idea, I just, I don't go back to it. You know, My, I should have been yeah. watching this, right? Well, I was watching it in the five cent range as well. So there were two f- trades for me, right? Like I essentially called the cyclical element, uh, end of year, beginning of year, but then I abandoned it because I was impatient. Um, but even had I done so, I would have played from four tenths of a cent to one cent. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't have gotten the two cents to three cents to four cents to five cents. And then I got, I played it again. This is where my lines on the chart exist. Um, when it was consolidating at like five cents, I would, I actually went heavy on it, but it was because there was liquidity. Um, and because it was consolidating. Well, of course it consolidated for like a month longer than I anticipated. So I was out again, impatient. And then it went like five X and had, I just, held that and nothing else i would have pulled multiples on the play that i was trying to do i don't uh in march you know yeah so i guess the lesson is when the markets are popping off everywhere you have to continue being vigilant and scanning and watching stuff and um it's the danger of concentration as well like when you do a concentrated bet you're anticipating that you will get a quick impulse right and if you don't get a quick impulse, you start feeling the regrets of your concentrated bet, and it makes it so that you don't hold on to that concentrated bet for the move to actually occur. And then if you capitulate on it, then you miss out on the real move. Uh, and that's the type of thing that probably happened to a lot of people waiting for this next leg of Doge. And so even though it went up like crazy and there's a lot of people participating in it and it might regret it, the profits are probably being consumed by a relatively small number of people who – are participating in size, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. And now they're the ones who will distribute on the people that jump in late saying, Oh yeah, now it's going to a dollar. Right. I mean, but to be fair, like GME, just to talk about meme stocks for a second, GME basically revisited its high. That's, it's been a month now, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. the, The GME one is a, weird example like i think what you have there is people still with hopium on this um oh we're, it's going to short squeeze idea again but that's done so now it, to me it just looks like long-term distribution and it's stunning that it's taking this long to play out and i think any 
any pump in something like GME is a sell opportunity for the bigger, biggest players and hopium for the smallest. Um, and I think that Doge will operate very similarly. Like it, and but it could end up looking like this, where it's elevated for a long time, and we're just like, we don't get it, but okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's uh, what I felt at 100 Sats with Doge. Like, why isn't it? Why isn't it dropping? It should be dropping. It's always dropped. It's cyclical. I'm going to ignore yeah. it, right? Like I, that was my mindset. I tell you what, this is the type of market where I wish uh, crypto had like very liquid options. Um, because this is how you could play um, a, a, a short volatility, like a you sell a straddle or a, you sell a strangle. Um, it's an options type of play that, that you could make on Doge, where you just pitch a tent and you let people who are trying to anticipate further and further volatility, you just let them pay you the premium for those options. Um, so... That's the way I would like to play this, but we don't have those products. So that's Doge. We don't want to spend any more time on it. I want to move on to <laughs> the Coinbase IPO. There's talk. These things aligning also is what makes people's antenna go up, right? So you've got Doge mega mooning. You've got Coinbase IPO. People think, is this CME 2.0? Is this the top? Yada, yada. Uh, Coinbase IPO, like, if it had not started where it started, this would look like a total moon on IPO, obviously it was a massive win for everyone involved. Sorry, direct listing. If we, people want to like be specific with me, shut up. It's still an IPO. It's just a public listing of a co- of a company. Was um, the process bizarre to you? Like the whole thing was bizarre. Setting a reference price and then like not opening till one thirty p.m. No, I don't it's, know. it's not there. I think Slack did a direct listing, and some others have done it. It's not like the first time, but it, yeah, it was goofy how long it took and how weird it was makes you realize like legacy markets are pretty inefficient still. So um, it, it instantly went up for like six or seven minutes of FOMO. And then those FOMOers just felt regret for the rest of the opening day. And now it's just been sideways for two days. And it's just like, no one's happy at that. Right. <laughs> it's just trying to create some kind of max pain before it starts to trend one way or the other. Um, I, uh, I said, it kind of reminded me of the comp chart, how like comp, when it opened, started farming and then it just like dipped below 100 and everybody was laughing at it, including me. And now it's back at like highs, right? Like, yeah, I, I expect some distribution here, right? Like this is, you're unlocking years of VC money. And to um, put the VC money in perspective, their earliest investors, the first two rounds bought shares at either 15 cents or 20 cents. And it's at $340 right now or whatever. So they're and these, a large. And they've project. been resold several times too. So this isn't like the original uh, people, right? Well, I mean, some of them probably held on to some, but either way, that's a two thousand x plus. Um, but even their like a sixteen z got their shares for a dollar, so they were mid c mid rounds. Like maybe they were their their series B or something. And they bought shares for a dollar, and they're at a 300x plus. Like they're very happy because you put money in at that point. Like they're they've secured their business, and like they've you know like it's not a, as dangerous of a VC play, but then it's still a 300x plus. Like that's that's the dream for those those mid stage VCs. Um, even the late stage VCs pulled multiples on this, so everyone is happy with current pricing on Coinbase, <laughs> which right. leads you to this opportunity for distribution. But guess who the biggest buyer of the day is on Coinbase? 
Kathy. It's old Kathy with Ark KW with Ark Invest. They put is it in three different of their ETS. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Is she married? Should I call her Mrs. Wood? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. I, do, I, I think I, we can call her Miss Wood as a Miss Wood. Okay, as a you know politically correct version. Um, but I think they bought seven hundred and fifty thousand shares on day one. So this is one of those things where it's like Kathy says there's more room. And I honestly agree with her. There is more room. Um, I think that's insane, but it doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean it can't happen. It, it's mean, the first got, day. It's early days on the public markets. Anything could happen. I got lots of texts from people not in crypto about this. So everyone heard about this for for sure, especially the valuation, which was like a hundred billion at one point. I don't know what it is at three forty, but it's widely being compared to like Google and Facebook as. You know, Google uh, early IPO to uh, search and like internet utilities, Facebook early IPO to social networks, Coinbase early IPO to crypto assets. Um, Facebook went down 50% after it IPO'd and then it mooned. Coinbase could do that. It could just moon. I don't know. I don't have, I have no alpha. I have no insight. I will just be watching the charts as they form. Josh is showing the chart on the stream of a three minute chart and like, well, you, you have to, there's no, yeah, because there's nothing else. That's the point. It's the things uh, I, the things I liked about this though, is it's such a proxy for so many things just generally like coin listings, airdrops. Um, we saw the volume. So all the volume is real and I can trust it. I can look at VPVR. I can look at crazy chart patterns on low time frames. You know, all those, the TA stuff we talk about applies a hundred percent to this stuff for sure. Regardless. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we talk about like where we are, rotations, all that good stuff. Um, Coinbase, Doge, both potential toppy bearish sentiment things. Um, but you really look at the charts and there's nothing screaming at you that this market's over in any capacity, whether you're looking at Bitcoin or pretty much anything else. You had Pi Cycle Top. People were uh, sad that we didn't talk about that two weeks ago. What's it telling you? Oh, um, yeah, so I did a video last week on this, and I did a video this week, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Carpe Noctum. Um, how this works is, is a back-tested set of MA multipliers and MAs that historically have done well at picking the top. This time around, it is telling us that we have crossed on these back-tested MAs and we have three to four days from the cross to put in a cycle top. Now, what I said on the video, and I'll say again here, is that the previous tops were much different on every other metric than the current top is now. So you can't really look at this alone and say it's over, it's you know, it's done. You know, look at everything else we have available, like the two-year MA multiplier. Just one example. Uh, and this isn't like cherry pick, cherry picking back tested data. It's like, I, you know, you, you look at everything available, it's a buffet. Take it. If, if you think it's the top <laughs> based on the pie cycle indicator, sell everything, right? Like, who am I to tell you what to do? But um, for me, it's important to look at all the data and say, okay, what's going on here? It's one, one input on a variety of things that are historically good at uh, fi- try, finding potential tops. Right. It's a uh, crouton, you know, if you don't like croutons, sometimes you're in the mood for a crouton. Sometimes you're not, but 
it's not going to ruin the whole salad buffet for you, right? Sure. Maybe we can go with that comparison, that analogy. Um, so if we look at the MA multiplier, um, the top end is at 77K. So historically, if we get above this MA multiplier, the red line. Yeah. And that, we have, this one does leave a little bit of room because it hasn't broken above the two-year multiplier, which would indicate true extension. It's just riding the top line. Right, 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 right. So, you know, it, my read on this is if we break 77, which we should, then we have three to four good weeks left of absolute insanity. And that'll be the top. And that should align with every other metric on that anybody looks at. Um, Puel is another one. Again, just back tested data. We're looking at coin issuance. This is how much miners, how much money are miners making relative to the coin issuance. So if everybody's if everybody's getting fat and rich, they're more likely to to sell, right? Yeah. Jack said in the chat we had blow off tops each other time, but no go here, not necessarily gonna be the case this time. It's true that it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be the case this time. Also, I very clearly remember in 2017, at the time, people were not calling it a blow-off top because it wasn't like on a low time frame, like a five-minute chart went $5,000. Um, but if you looked at like the daily and the weekly, the price doubled in two weeks or something like that to end the cycle. So it depends on what time frame it, you are getting that uh, blow-off top. So it's kind of hard to identify a blow-off top Multiple times I've seen them, people don't declare them as such <laughs> when it occurs. Um, yeah, I mean, how it worked in 2013 and 2017, we were going up thousands of dollars a minute. You know, that's a blow-off top. Do we? I agree. Do we necessarily need to have one every time? No. But Does it help? The data I'm looking at says we've passed the point of no return for blow-off top territory. So we are, that's not what I wanted. Um, anyway, we are on our way towards blow off top for yeah. sure. Well, my opinion is a lot of stuff still looks like it's just healthy uptrends to me. Like Ethereum still looks fantastic. Um, it looks like to me, Ethereum and other stuff is trending while Bitcoin is not trending. Um, Ethereum looks halfway through its current move before it really needs to consolidate more. Um, you know, it was about a 50%, let's just draw the line, um, about a 50% move before. And if you were to extrapolate that, that would take it to 26, 2700, which would also be that R3. Um, but I think it, from a round number perspective, my target is 3000 on Ethereum for this prior consolidation up move. And it just looks like the recent, you know, couple candle four hour dips is just normal, normal stuff in the midst of a, of a healthy move. I've, I'm not particularly worried about anything that I see on Ethereum. Um, I agree. I just think everybody's looking at, um, including myself, you know, looking at Doge and other extrapolating stuff and wondering like, why isn't BTC moving? Why isn't ETH moving? Or why is ETH doing what it's doing here? You yeah, know? but ETH, ETH is moving. It's just more of a controlled burn so far. Sure. Like the last three days were just three solid candles up, but they weren't euphoric, you know? And now this is one 
down daily that's wicked itself, and it looks like it can continue from here. Maybe it'll do nothing this weekend, but it, it doesn't even have breakout volume on it yet. Um, not significant breakout volume. It's like trend shifting volume. To me, this looks like a steady move that easily has three thousand dollars in its sights, maybe more. I love the timing. I love a lot of stuff here with ETH still. I have no reason to feel bearish Ethereum. And honestly, by comparison, a lot of other uh, DeFi stuff as well. Like, I still really like Curve because of the same thing I showed recently, which is this prior high line that I thought it was going to breach, and finally it breached it, and now it retested it, and now it looks freaking great. Like Curve USD looks fantastic. Curve BTC still looks like it's got this crossover but it looks like it's just bottomed versus BTC. It looks like this has a whole move ahead of it for Curve. Like, go back to those prior levels. It's a 2 or 3x on something like Curve. And none of that would blow my mind like Doge has blown my mind, you know. Um, and Curve is the type that's pretty much a blue chip. Um, now, if I look at some others, like Sushi, it did nothing for, let's, let's call that its local top. Did nothing for 72 days. 72 days in a bull market where it essentially went sideways with a failed break up and a failed break down back to consolidation. This has the um, capacity to continue moving up from here if it wants to, in my mind. Two months is a lot of consolidation in crypto. You compare it to the BTC pair, and it looks like chop. You see my failed pennant back here, but then it didn't go all the way to the 200-day moving average. It didn't go all the way to that prior low. So it looks like it's trying to balance and recover here. But none of these look out of control versus BTC. None of these look cycle-ending relative to BTC to me. So some of these I own, some of these I don't. I'm trying to use them as examples. Um, I don't think there's anything indicative that this has to be a top in, in DeFi in particular. Um yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm still margin long BTC and ETH. I'm still 100% long in the uh, enzyme fund on BTC and ETH. I'm buying the dips on DeFi and the DeFi fund um, portfolio, rather. Uh, if we look at the MA multiplier for ETH, that's a 3,700 target on ETH. Yeah, I like so, that. Um, Even dinosaur coins like uh, like Zcash, it looks like it just started. Zeke BTC flipped the trend at 0.0029, and now it's had three weeks up, but it's not an out-of-control thing. It just looks like it recovered its failure on a relative basis, um, and it looks like it, it can really move up from here even. so. Yeah, I, I guess my other bias with coins like that is like I want to get in and out as quick as possible. Um, yeah, you don't want to linger with those. No, that's but that's just me. You know, I know people who are diehard Zeke people, right? Yeah, we're asked, being asked to talk about Rune. I think it mooned. I don't really know what else to say. So either I have a boomer mentality when it comes to alts, or people just love to talk about the absolute bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. Rune's not bottom-of-the-barrel at all. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rune's at $14. It was as low as $1.83. This is a cross-chain swap project. Ah, okay. In January is dollar eighty three, so it's up seven hundred percent this year, and it's just a perma uptrend. I don't. Like, but everything like this chart looks like every other chart, right? This, like this is actually only since it's been on ETH. 
like on on Uniswap. It's actually, I mean, it was way lower than this. It's like a thousand x for some people. Um, this is one of those real projects that then just like memed itself to incredible performance on top of it. So, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about Rune, but like it just keeps going. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Like, it looked toppy at six dollars, and now it's fifteen. <laughs> Congrats to Bobby and other rune holders. <laughs> Just perma bullish rune. By the way, I don't know if y'all can hear this, but my dog is like sawing logs behind me. <laughs> Just snoring like crazy back here. I'd wake her up and show you, but you can't hear it anyway, so okay. Uh Uniswap. You're looking at Uniswap perps, but I mean Uniswap just keeps grinding higher. Everything, yeah. everything looks good, man. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? That's that's where I'm at. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm at the same spot I was two weeks ago when we were consolidating on the, the big stuff, right? You're either jumping in and out of everything quickly or you're just sort of relaxed about it, you know? I, I don't think there's really an in-between. Like, the people who are up multiples on Doge were crapping their pants, let me tell you. Um, or if you're short and underwater Doge, you are glued to that screen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I would not want to be uh, shorting Doge right now, even though I think it's very toppy. Um, another one that I wanted to show was Ave because this is another one that probably the same date as um, Sushi, early February, uh, for 70 days. It has not done a ton, and now it just looks like it broke out, and it looks like it broke the trend. It looks like it's going to the highs, and it has potential price exploration ahead of it. It looks amazing. I have... No, I have no problem holding Ave when it looks like this. Not any problem whatsoever. Am I holding something that was a 5x for someone else or a 10x for someone else? Sure. I traded it back then too. But now I'm willing to trade it again. Willing to be in it again until it proves me wrong. That's the way I'm playing it. It looks yeah, freaking I, fantastic. I agree. It, uh, it's even got an inverted head and shoulders breakout with volume. Um, definitely all time high retests for sure. Another one that I liked was banned, which I've been watching. What's so funny? Okay. Why are you laughing? Okay. Kendall said it. I'm ready to get hurt again. Okay. <laughs> That's my, his quote for me. Uh, I thought you were giving me crap about band. No, no, um, I got no beef with band. It looks like it's about to do what a, what Ave did. Like it, that's a follow trade. Looks great. Yeah. Volume is there. Uh, if we turn on the cloud, it's even, edge to edge if you want to play it like that you know mm-hmm. so i think a lot of these alts defy alts look good i mean we didn't even talk about maker but yeah maker's going nuts isn't it uh yeah <laughs> maker pulled a 50 percent. you know um but if you know chart patterns you're like okay this is a cup and handle right like or whatever it's it's something it's consolidation you know? at the highs which is great yeah and you, this just, is exactly what you want to see we should yeah. have just bought 2700 hand over fist. I didn't even think about it. I wasn't even looking at Maker, ignoring it completely. And that's basically what's happened over and over again in this cycle. And this is what happens in bull cycles. Impulse, consolidate, impulse. Consolidate longer, impulse. Eventually, it does it enough to where it gets tired. This was a good uh, relative value trade, for sure. I like it. Do it. That's why I'm like I'm not selling curve after one day. Like I feel like it's if it's going to have an impulse, it could go to six, seven, eight dollars. Because you know bull markets, that's what's fun. It's the fun. Yeah, we didn't 
we didn't talk about the coin people rotating into crypto stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they're... I think the guy that did this big thread about... I interviewed all these people, and it's like, <laughs> turns out they want to buy Balancer. And by the way, I have lots of Balancer. <laughs> it was smart. And then he put his uh, he put his tweet on like promotion. Um, he, he interviewed a couple hundred people and asked them, like, what are they interested in buying? And decided Balancer was a one of them. That's fine. I like Balancer. It's fine. Uh I think if I was in an IPO position like that where I had this liquidity coming up, would I reinvest some in crypto? Yes. Would I take some and like change my life with it? Yes. Uh, am I going to pay taxes with some? Yes. Were most of those people already invested in crypto on top of their Coinbase shares? Yes. Um, will some of them use the money to go fund other stuff? Yes. They will do many things with their money. People with money do many things with their money. Buying Balancer is just one of them, but it was a fantastic <laughs> tweet to promote your position. I wish I would have thought of it because I would have done the same thing with ZRX. <laughs> yeah, don't really... you, when you looked at the chart, ZRX and Balancer were exactly the same height of like interest from Coinbase investors. The difference was they were like, here's Balancer's market cap, which was the non-fully diluted value, but Balancer's a high inflation coin, so it was like, this is so cheap relative to everything else because it's 500 million look at these other ones and like the fully diluted value is like four times the zrx value um so buy my bags not his bags that's all i'm saying yeah i just thought it was interesting the commentary for me i feel like most people wouldn't be throwing money into crypto because you know arthur arthur hayes of uh bitmex has said this i don't know how true it is but he's like i don't own any crypto because my business is crypto so he like you know you want to diversify that a little bit now. Do I believe him? No, but, <laughs> but it's a way of thinking about it. Right. That's what, um, he, that's what he used to say. It's not what he says anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, I wish Arthur well, I don't know what he's doing now, but um, yeah, I don't know how many people are actually rotating from coin into coin into other coins. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's up to them. Um, we got a good question from crypto Jimith. In an ideal world, what percentage would you take out towards the end of the bull market? 50% out to buy back later and 50% let it ride? Seems reasonable, right? All right. 40%-ish to pay taxes. So you have 60% of your portfolio left, okay? Of the 60%, maybe you take 30%, do life stuff with it. And then 30%, maybe you use a cash basis for your, for your like, metric, and then look for lower time frame trades. Um, but those profits are harder to come by. It's certainly personal, as Stubby uh, says, uh, in terms of what you do with that money. But that's the way I would think about it. Uncle Sam gets his big cut. And then after that, uh, I'm going to use some for life stuff. And I'm going to stay exposed to the market. But I'll probably change my basis for what I value to uh, to dollars over coins until i feel like bitcoin has drawn down enough or there's been a big enough impulse down that i'm willing to take a long bet on it uh and then maybe i'll keep 10 percent or something in bitcoin just because i might be wrong it might not be the bottom it might be super cycle and i want to participate in that if it's the case Planet Street says 40% for taxes, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes. Short-term taxes, short-term gains, basically talking about upwards of 40%, certainly to be safe, because um, it's taxes income. The answer is yes in the United or, States. Or you can do what I did and 
2017, 2018, and basically just hold everything because <laughs> I didn't want to pay taxes. Yeah, but like, uh, that's not the smart thing to do. But you know, <laughs> yeah, this is goes into my theory as to why I think this market will find um, significant roller coaster activity at the end of the calendar year, and then also into like January, February, and. Um, I don't think it's going to look exactly like 2017, but I think there's enough people that remember um, their tax burdens after 2017 who will throw the warnings out there this time, like I'm doing right now, and it'll cause a uh, hiccup in the market at minimum towards the end of the year as people essentially protect their gains for paying taxes um, because you have to pay your taxes based on the calendar year. If the market goes down, say, 50% in uh, 2022 and you have not taken anything out from what you traded in 2021 but all your coins and stuff were actively traded, well, the majority of your stuff will now be uh, short-term capital gains from 2021, but now you've lost 50% of your income. But you're going to owe 30 or 40% of your total gains from 2021 for your taxes, but you only have 50% to do it with. So now you're down to like 10 or 15% of your total portfolio to be able to pay your taxes. Now you're in big trouble. Lots and lots and lots of people did that in 2017, 2018. Lots and lots of people did that. Um, so the calendar thing, it's a big deal. You mean, you mean to tell me on this day, April 16th, that seasonality matters? I'm telling you that seasonality matters. And there's a reason why Josh (laughs) talks about it frequently, because when your taxes are due, um, when your tax calendar year rolls over, it's the same reason that was backing up my theory for January starting alt season. People were happy with Bitcoin gains and they were waiting to move Bitcoin until the tax burden would be delayed a year. Um, That's what happened. I'm certain certain that's what i did in 2020 and 2021 is i waited to take a significant position in altcoins until i was going to delay those taxes another year um so yes january matters april matters september matters december matters look at that we just hit most of the quarters of the year yeah i think um i expect q3 to be real bad um we still have a bit left in Q2, which historically is when alts do the best. So it's no surprise that we're seeing what we're seeing in, in altcoin land. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've topped. Are we, are we actually going to call it this is the top or is this the top, rather? I'm not going to call this is the top. Um, I'm not willing to do it. It doesn't feel like the top. I think we've got way, uh, ways to go. I like the 80K gamma squeeze theory. If you look at the options strikes... Um, a bunch of 80k $80,000 $80,000 for BTC so I learned you know thanks to GME I know what a gamma squeeze is now <laughs> I can have that hopium under my belt uh, yeah. you know we're gonna go, go ahead to that's fine I like hopium uh, I was asked by who was it uh, sorry someone asked me a shill bond uh, this is Barnbridge. I took a position in this recently not gigantic. It's pretty inflationary, so I don't know the best way to play it or lock it up or whatever. Um, but I felt like it was breaking a um, resistance. It did. I'm in profit. I like it. Uh, but it is a pretty inflationary coin, so you got to figure out what you're going to do with it or how long you're going to hold it. Uh, the reason I was interested in this is because Kane, the synthetics founder or co-founder, 
had tweeted that this was one of the most impressive projects he'd ever seen from an execution standpoint in crypto. And synthetics is really well done from an execution standpoint. So I was, it made me dig in. I had looked at Bond in January. Um, the reason I didn't do it then is because the inflation was super high, but their highest inflation pool recently ended. And it still has a high inflation, but you can lock your coins away kind of like you do on Curve and earn interest on them that way to prevent the inflation uh, issues. But, yeah, it looks like a good project. Um, I'm really interested in who's going to win the bond wars. Um, you know, there's MPH, uh, there's Bond, there's or like Barnbridge is this one. There's others, um, which essentially are attempting to provide yield on stables and provide – uh, bond-like products, which I think is a – I mean, in legacy markets, the bond markets are multiples larger than the stock market. So I think this will be a big market for crypto, but I don't know who the winner is going to be. I don't know if there will be token value accrual. I don't know. I'm just a speculator speculating. That's my barn bridge shill. Um, what do you make of all the uh, stablecoin prints lately? I think people are – punting their stable coins, their dollars into the crypto ecosystem to take advantage. Um, I'm on your screen, by the way. Gotcha. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, to take advantage of the various ways of um, getting yield on dollars. People want yield on dollars, and there's lots of yield on dollars in crypto. Yeah, I was just going to pull up the... Um, God, that's like insane. <laughs> tether... tether on Tron actually flipped ETH on Tron, which is super interesting as far as supply is concerned. Um, USDC has just been printing like crazy lately. Yeah. USDC is playing a lot of catch up with Tether, which I find fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I think it's good. Honestly, I, I don't have any beef with Tether at all. At all. None. No beef. No beef, no FUD. <laughs> I like USDC. I do. I don't have any reason not to like USDC. Um, and Anuj in the chat says it's taking off due to Visa. I don't know what their Visa partnership is, but maybe there's a partnership there. Um, I think the more on-ramps we can get, the better. You know, yeah, the more, more on-ramps, more stable rails, more that are fast. Um, sounding more. Like, someone said I sound like Bill Clinton. More everything, more better. Is that a so, compliment or a, or, a, or a burn? If I sound I don't like think Bill, Clinton. you sound like Bill Clinton. So anyway, that's the that's the stablecoin stuff. Um, I've just I've been noticing a lot a lot of it more and more, just nonstop printing. I think the APYs APRs are attractive to the legacy people. That's my hypothesis that they see that they see stablecoins as like a non risky way to go long crypto basically by doing the stablecoin or uh, yield farming stuff. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's leave it there. My dog's decided to end the show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll uh, maybe do an after show here in a minute, but it was a pleasure to be with you. Go to letterstats.com for the show notes and all that good stuff. Say hello to my dog. Monuments crumble in the blink of an eye. The easy river. Just run dry In a house of cards